talking about the Holy Spirit, so please turn in your Bibles to John 14. This morning, I want us to look at the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Everybody knows what a teacher is. Everybody knows what a teacher does. A teacher teaches. There's some... uh, There's some uh, disagreement. Some people think that a teacher doesn't teach unless the students learn. I would tend to think that a teacher teaches, and it's it's, kind of up to the student if they want to learn or not. But the teaching is taught. Um, Anyway, you could argue that. uh, Maybe it's not actually taught if it's not learned. Um, But the Holy Spirit is our teacher. John 14... Jesus started with saying, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to come back. I will come back, and I'm not going to abandon you. There's no need to feel abandoned ever again, because he's coming back to receive us. But he's also telling us that in the meantime, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper. And he will abide with you forever. An abiding presence. The abiding presence of God. Always there. No matter how lonely we feel. No matter how alone we feel. No matter how misunderstood we feel. The Spirit is always there. He abides. He abides. Not like Jesus with his disciples after the resurrection. He came and went completely out of their control. Now Jesus in the form of his Spirit abides and has been poured out on all humanity. Let's read John 14, beginning in verse 15. The question is, if we love him. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him in the form of the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. all things. 
the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in Jesus' name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things. All things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and our reminder. He will teach you all things and he will remind you of all the things that I said. The Holy Spirit reminds us what Jesus said. That is so precious. All right, let's turn to chapter 16. John 16, reading verses 5 through 15. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict. He will convict. So he's our teacher, he's our reminder, and he's our convictor. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus told his disciples, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will teach, he will bring to your remembrance, he will convict, he will guide. Say those four with me. Teach, remind, convict, guide. That's quite a teacher. That's the best teacher in the world. Teach, remind, convict, guide. I know, I was going to say I don't know about you, but yes, I do know about you. All of us fear not knowing what we need to know. We all fear that. And it hits us in different areas. The one that I tend to fear the most is, I want to know what God's going to do in the future so that I can prepare well now to live in that future. Can you identify with me? 
We fear not knowing enough. I fear not knowing enough. I just know, and everybody says that when they're older, they say, well, if I'd have known so-and-so, I would have done differently. In 10 years from now, I will look back and look at this year, and I will say, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have, if I'd only known, why didn't I know? I could have known, and on and on, that kind of thing. (laughs) I have to watch myself, or I drive myself crazy, I mean crazier. (laughs) But we, we, we want to know. We want to know what's happening. We want to know what's going to happen. We want to know how to respond to what's happening. We fear. We, we want to know. We want to know how to work. We want to know how to do stuff. And we fear not knowing how. Well, I don't know how. Well, how am I going to know how? We, we want to know what to say. We all like to be in the know. What's happening? We want to know what's happening. We want to know how to respond. We, we want to know how to not waste time. We fear not knowing. We fear not knowing what to wear. Not knowing what to say. Who to be friends with. What is happening? What are people doing? What's happening? You've heard that. What's happening? What's everybody doing? Well, I'm here, standing here. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, the way people talk? They walk into the room where you are, and they ask, where is everybody? I guess I'm nobody. They're focused on someone else. Where is this person? Well, i got to know where that person is. i got to know what they're doing. i got to know what they're doing tonight. We fear not knowing what's going on. We all want to know what we need to know. I think it's time we chill. Relax. We have a teacher that will teach us what we need to know. The Holy Spirit abides. It is, he is God. Everywhere present, he abides. We can know what we need to know. What does he do? Teaches, reminds, convicts, guides. The question is, am I in a position to be taught? Am I wanting to be taught what really matters? Am I positioning myself to be taught? We fear not knowing enough. But we have to ask ourselves a question. Am I positioned to be taught? Am I teachable? The Holy Spirit is here to teach us and to remind us what Jesus said.
what we need to know. John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He is our teacher and he is our reminder. He is here to remind us what Jesus said. The question is, do we know what Jesus said? Are we learning his words? Have we read what Jesus said? You can't be reminded of something that you've never heard to start with or that you've never read to start with. Have you positioned yourself that the Holy Spirit can remind you? The Holy Spirit uses your brain. The Holy Spirit uses... Jesus' words to teach us. He doesn't just out of nowhere and magically we have all kinds of information and all kinds of wisdom and all, all kinds of insight and foresight and prophecies. Uh-uh. No. He takes, Jesus says, what is mine? He takes what is what Jesus said? And Jesus was all about the... Oh, there you have the Godhead, just all one. But what did Jesus say? I appreciate that little book that Gary Miller wrote. Jesus really said that? I got several. If you want to hand them out, read it, just a little booklet. A lot of people don't know what Jesus said. They absolutely don't know what Jesus said. And we have this precious, precious recording of what Jesus said. Four Gospels. And if your Bible has the red letter, that's even more helpful. Read what Jesus said. Read and read and read the words of Jesus. Saturate your mind with the words of Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to use. So, we have this verse. Uh, I think you should turn to it in uh, your Bibles. It's in 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 12 is especially the verse that uh, I want to emphasize, but for the uh, context, 1 Corinthians 2, beginning to read. In verse 9. But as it is written... Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Remember in John we read, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will send the comforter. And here Paul is saying, it's incomprehensible, the greatness of what God has prepared for those who love him who choose to love him. 
Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Humanity can't comprehend it, but it is being revealed to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. The very Spirit of God knows the things of God, just like your spirit knows your things. The Spirit of God knows the things of God. Then verse 12. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. If you want to stay in your, in your flesh, if you want to stay in your natural man, if you want to operate in what comes natural to you, you will never know what you need to know. It won't happen. Verse 12 says, The Spirit who is from God, we have received the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We all want to be in the know. What do you want to know? Do you want to know what's happening here on earth? What the natural man wants to know? Or do you want to know spiritual truths? Do you want to know what has been freely given to you spiritually? Or do you care more about the earthly? You have been given the Spirit so that you can know what has been freely given to you by God. God has given everything we need. We just don't know it. Don't know it. But He has sent the Spirit so that we can Know it, so that we can know what we need to know. He is our teacher. All right, one more scripture, uh, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13, Paul's talking about having believed. That's how we receive the Spirit, by faith. Uh, in verse 13, In him you also trusted, after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's how you get the Holy Spirit, by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, verse 14, The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Fifteen, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in, our, in my prayers. And then verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, the knowing of him, Jesus. That was Paul's prayer for them. And that's my prayer for myself, and that's my prayer for you, that you may know him, that you may know him, that the Holy Spirit would be so strong in you and you would be so in the Holy Spirit that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, of teaching, of knowing, of revealing and, and reminding and convicting and guiding you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and our reminder. Now, what keeps us from learning? You can go to school and you can sit there and listen to your teacher talk on and on and not learn a thing. What would keep you from learning in school? Well, if you don't show up, you won't learn. But sometimes we show up and we don't learn. And I say position yourself. Now, you have all physically positioned yourself to learn from being here. You physically positioned yourself. You're sitting there. You're nice and quiet. Have you positioned your heart? Have you positioned your mind? What keeps us from hearing, from learning, from, from being taught? I have three things. The first one is lack of faith. Well, I was going to say lack of faith. But I'm starting to change my terminology because... Jesus said, going back to what the Holy Spirit is reminding me of what Jesus said, Jesus says it doesn't take much faith. It takes this much faith, just like a mustard seed. It doesn't take much faith. So this term, lack of faith, I'm okay with the term, but maybe it's a little misleading. I've got to have more faith. No, you don't have to have more faith. You and I need to be willing to walk by faith. It doesn't take much faith. It's not a lack of faith. It's an unwillingness to walk by faith. Because if I'm walking by faith, that means I don't know everything. And I hate not knowing everything. I want to know everything I can. I can't stand not being in the know. I want to know everything. But where's faith in that? Where's relationship in that? Where's relationship with the teacher in that? We need to walk. And God is just hammering this into my heart the last while. I need to walk by faith. I need to embrace walking by faith. The just shall live by faith. It is by faith that we are saved. And I need to, if I've received the Spirit by faith, I'm going to walk in the Spirit by faith. It takes faith to learn. You're not going to learn anything from your teacher if you don't have any faith in your teacher. You know, most teachers, we have a little bit of faith in them. 
And, and so we'll sit and listen to them. Okay, they've studied it. They know a little bit of what they're talking about. You cannot learn anything if you don't have, if you're not willing to exercise faith. Cannot learn anything, especially spiritual truth. Spiritual truth is known by faith. You know, physical truth, uh, that can be proven physically, a lot of it. But even so, it takes kind of faith to because anything that's proven, any earthly thing that's proven, it's proven by facts that we, by faith, have believed earlier. But spiritual truth, what you can't see in the physical, that for sure takes faith. So we need to be willing to exercise faith in order to be taught. If we're not willing to do that, we will not learn. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith, and the Holy Spirit is the teacher. And so if we're going to be taught by the Holy Spirit, we're actually we're going to need to be... Uh, we're going to need to exercise faith. Uh, if you would, turn to John 3. It talks a little bit about how we receive the Holy Spirit. Actually, it talks about the new birth, which I believe is receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, John 3, uh, where Nicodemus came and, and Jesus says, you have to be born again. And then verse 5, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water... And of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus said in order to receive the Spirit or to be born of the Spirit, there needs to be, you need to be born of water and the Spirit, okay? So water in Scripture refers to the Word, the Word. So when Jesus, Jesus was the Word, but he also gave words. So when the gospel, the Word is preached to us and the Holy Spirit which has been poured out that combination, there's an, and, and faith brings it together. There's a new birth. In the physical word, world, sperm and egg comes together, and there's a new birth. In the spiritual world, the word and the spirit comes together, and the thing that brings that together is faith, and there's a new birth. And we receive the Holy Spirit. And then he gives the illustration of, of the, the leaves, the wind blowing through a tree. Picture yourself the tree. And, and you can look out and, and in a windy day, the, the wind is blowing through the, the tree. That tree is full of wind, but you can't see it. It takes faith. You can be full of the Holy Spirit by faith. And the Holy Spirit is the wind in you. Now, hopefully you're not just a bunch of fluttering leaves, but you're, you're uh, giving shade, you're bearing fruit, you're standing tall, you're bringing glory to God, but the wind is blowing through you, making you beautiful. That's the, the Spirit 
of God. You can't see it. It's all by faith. But that's how we receive it. We receive it by faith. So important to have by faith. Then in Hebrews 4, it talks about the, the Israelites. You know, when you read about the Israelites being brought out of Egypt and being sent, put into Canaan, the Israelites didn't really get it. They just, they just, they just, it was just failure, failure. And Hebrews 4 says very clearly that the gospel was preached to them, but it didn't do them any good because it was not mixed with faith. They had God's word, but it didn't do them any good because it was not mixed with faith. If we're going to be taught, if the Holy Spirit is going to be an effective teacher in our lives, we have to have faith. We need to be willing to exercise faith, to walk by faith, and so forth. All right, the second thing, not letting go of our truth. Now, I have truth in uh, quotation marks because it's not necessarily truth. <laughs> But it's our truth. Oh, it feels so true. And what hinders us from learning from the Spirit is because we are going by our truth. We're going by what experience has taught us or what actually what we've taken from experience. We're going by feelings. We're going by our reasoning. We are... We are going by what feels true. We're going by the wrong information or the wrong putting together of information that we've had, our wrong views and our wrong beliefs. And we will not be able to learn from the Holy Spirit if we continue to hang on to that. I, I'm intrigued with the disciples. Very clearly, it, 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 like, for example, the resurrection. Jesus, at least three times, he said, I'm going to die, and three days later, I'm going to rise. And the disciples, it just went right over their head. They did not hear the fact that, that he was going to rise. The worst of which was Judas. If he had just hung around for three more days. But it, they just missed that. Jesus clearly said, I will rise again. But, but they missed it. They did not hear it. They were stuck. They were stuck on their own beliefs. And, and as soon as Jesus talked about dying, they were just like, boop, there was just a big wall went up, and they did not hear it. They did not hear what he said just next. And the same way, with he, he, would, have, he would give physical analogies of spiritual truth, and they'd get so stuck on the physical analogy. They were looking for an earthly kingdom. He was talking about a, a heavenly kingdom. They were, they were looking for freedom from the Romans. He was talking about freedom from sin. And, and they just did not get it because they weren't willing to let go of their ideas, of their uh, perspective, of their preconceived ideas. This is where dying to self comes in. This is where letting go of controls comes in. This is where letting go of self-protection comes in. Jesus says, you cannot be my disciples if you do not die to yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's about letting go. We can't be taught by the Holy Spirit if we don't let go 
of our truth. It feels so true. It reasons so true. It, our emotions tell us, but we have to let it go if we will be taught. All right, the third thing is lack of personal investment. Now, you, you have been, you put some personal investment into being here this morning. You carved out some time. You got yourself ready. You cleaned yourself up. You washed your clothes, and you came, and you subjected yourself to sitting here and listening to me talk on and on. That it, you, you put some personal investment in it. Now, I can't see your heart. I trust your heart. I think, for the most part, your hearts are in a good place. But I can't see every part of your heart, and I don't intimately know all of you. Have you personally invested your heart? Have you personally invested your brain space? Have you personally invested your time, your talents, your finances, your desires? Have you personally taken time to learn the words of Jesus? Have you invested time to memorize the words of Jesus? Have you hid it in your heart? Have you saturated your mind with it? Do you take all your inclinations, all your thoughts, all your life, all your desires through the filter of what Jesus Do you surrender the controls of your life, your emotions, your reasoning, your desires? Do you surrender all that to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and what He says? That's personal investment. If you lack any of that, you will be hindered in the Spirit teaching you and reminding you, and convicting you, and guiding you. So, teach. Let me just stay here a little bit. What are the four? The Holy Spirit. Teach. Teach. Remind. Yes, here we go. Teach. Remind, convict, guide. All right. So let's just, uh, yeah, convict. No, I don't, have the, I don't have the verses for convict. Let's just turn to that quickly here. John 14, uh, 16. John 16. I got to rehearse that. John 16, 5 is where we started reading. Um, but verse 8, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now that word convict, we, we use that just the way it's here, convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So, when, when you're under conviction, 
The Holy Spirit, because you know what Jesus says, the Holy Spirit sometimes comes and convicts you of sin and reminds you that you are not living according to what Jesus said. That's called conviction of sin. We're convicted of where we are wrong. All right? The Holy Spirit also convicts us of righteousness. So we use it in that way, too. We say, I have convictions to do this. Or I have convictions to not do this, because that's wrong. So it convicts us of righteousness. And, and it talks here about God, the, the oneness of Jesus and God. They are the standard of righteousness. And so the Holy Spirit, who is God himself, convicts us of what the standard of righteousness is. So we're convicted of sin, and we have conviction of what's right and wrong, and then we're able to uh, have proper judgment. Conviction of judgment. We're able to discern, and we know that the, the ruler of this world has been judged, and, and we choose, we discern, this is what Satan does, and we discern, this is what God does, and, and we have conviction of, of proper judgment. So that leads us. And this conviction, so we're, we're taught the words of Jesus, we're reminded, and we're convicted through it, and that conviction guides us. The Holy Spirit will guide us. John 16, 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. What was Jesus saying? How does that make you feel? Uh, so I, I got a lot to tell you, but you can't handle it. <laughs> I have more. Oh, I have so much more to tell you, but you, you can't handle it now. How do you think the disciples felt? I think he was nicer than that when he said it. I think he wasn't implying that they're too weak or they're too whatever. He was saying it would be too much. I, I'm doing it for your good. All right? So when you're in this, oh, I got to know, when you feel this restlessness and uh, what's happening and what are people doing, what should I say or how should I, and you feel, and the, and, the, and the tension is mounting, just go back to this verse. Jesus says, you don't have to know everything now. You can't, ha you couldn't handle it if you'd know everything God knows. You couldn't handle it. Chill. I give you the Holy Spirit to guide you. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Why do we need a guide? Let's say a child is uh, trying to draw something and the teacher puts her hand on the child's hand to, to, to move it or to, to write letters. The, the teacher will put the hand on the child's hand and guide the hand. Guiding. Why do we need guidance? Whenever we need guidance, it's because we don't know everything. And here we go back to faith. God wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to have a relationship with him as the teacher. And he wants to take hold of our hand. And he wants to guide our hand. He wants to take control of our thoughts. And he wants to guide our reasoning to transform our mind. He wants to take our, 
our, our feet and guide us on where we should walk. He wants to take our emotions and guide us with our emotions. And so, let this be a relief to you. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know what everybody's doing. You don't have to know what's going on. You don't ha even have to know everything that God is doing. He will guide you. He's the one with experience. We need guidance because we don't have experience. That child has never formed those letters before. Doesn't have experience. And so this teacher is the ultimate teacher. He doesn't just say the words. He's he says the words. He reminds us of the words. By the way, teaching is mostly rehearsing and review. That's what teaching, to really learn something, it's mostly review. But he teaches and he reviews and he convicts and he guides. The ultimate teacher, guiding. We have a relationship with this teacher and we work with him. And, we, and he guides us. He guides us into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will th tell you things to come. Now sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. People have testified to that, that the Holy Spirit has told them that something's going to happen next year. Sometimes they call it a gut feeling. Sometimes it's more of a revelation. In different ways that the Holy Spirit can, can uh, we have a prophecy about the future. But more often, the Holy Spirit tells us things to come as they come. And when things are happening to you, we need to look to the Holy Spirit, position ourselves and say, God, what's happening? God loves that prayer. God, what are you wanting to teach me? And he will guide us into all truth. This is happening. And we're convicted of this, convicted of sin or of righteousness or of judgment, or we're reminded, and God said, this is happening. It's a review. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it before, but it's a review. This is what's happening. And I'm taking you deeper. I'm teaching you more. He will tell you, things to come. Continue learning. The Holy Spirit will interpret what's happening. We need a guide because we don't know everything. We're inexperienced. We need a guide because God asks us to walk by faith. He asks us to trust our teacher. He asks us to enter into relationship with him. It's hands-on learning. It's proof of learning. He is the ultimate teacher. And he can nudge us in the direction we should go. And he can gently nudge us when we're going the wrong direction. I think of the verse, he will guide me with his eye. How does, how does a teacher guide you with his eye? If you know a teacher well, well, there's several ways. God's eye is on you, okay? His eye is on you. He's got you in his focus. So he knows what he wants to do. That's how he guides you. His eye is on you. 
But he also guides us with his eye by us looking in his eyes. When we look into his eyes, we can see his love. We can see, he can, he can look in a certain, when we look the direction he's looking, it's a cue for us. We, we look where he's looking. We look what's communicated with his eyes. He will guide us with his eyes. He will teach, he reminds, he convicts, he guides. Do not fear the unknown. Do not fear not knowing. God will teach you by his spirit. Keep yourself positioned to be taught. Make that personal investment. Let go of your own truth. Be willing to walk by faith. Let's pray.